listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm happy to be here. It's good to see you. You look great. Hi. Uh, I'm Carol. I'm usually not standing here. I'm usually up here, sitting or standing, you know, in a different capacity, but uh, I'm honored to be here. It's good to see you. And Robbie's here. I'm preaching and Robbie's here. Weird. Okay. We'll try to keep it short and sweet. And not heretical. You know, as usual, of course. Uh, I love this song. I, um... We'll say about this sermon that I'm about to preach um, or teach. I don't know. I'm going to try not to preach at you or, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't do this that I'm about to tell you to do. I don't do it well, at least. So I'll be, I'll be teaching and preaching to both of us at the same time. Um, this, is a, this is a practice that, that I, can, um, I can learn to, this is this is hard to do. This this thing that Jesus talks about in Luke chapter six. This loving our enemies, right? It's easy to love people who love you back. It's harder to love people when they are hating you, when they are persecuting you, when they're treating you badly, right? So a little bit about the song first before we get into that part. Um, this song was actually, and you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell the song was actually two songs originally. So the song was actually written by a couple different members of Mumford and Sons. Who's heard of Mumford and Sons before today? Yeah, good band. Um, listen at your own risk, but I love them. Uh, so this song was written by Marcus Mumford, another member of the band. Uh, Marcus Mumford is the lead singer and like the founder of the band. Well, one of the original founders of the band. And um, it was originally a couple of different songs that were formed into one song. And these songs were written after, you know, one of the band members experienced a divorce, like a pretty ugly one, a pretty ugly divorce. I don't know that any divorce is ever, like, really happy and flowery and pretty and gorgeous. I mean, I mean, some divorces are kind of happy, you know, good. But, I mean, not, none of them are ever great. But, like... Uh, yeah, it was a pretty ugly one. And then um, Marcus Mumford experienced a death, like, a, like he was there at a death, and um, a couple of births. And so he was experiencing this sort of transitional part of life, right? This sort of thing that we go through in life where um, we experience these parts of life where, I don't know if you've ever been there for a birth or a death, but there's something about it where you're completely out of control. There's this part of life where we, we go through our lives and we, um, well, I'll say it. I'll, I'll let him say it. He, in an interview that I heard with Marcus Mumford, he said, uh, we control so much in our lives and we are quite arrogant in thinking that we can control things. And there comes a point where we just can't. And that's something that is just a shared fact of our humanity. Something we all have in common, whether we like it or not. And man, well said, right? 
mean, there's something about birth and death that just put you in your skin, that just give you a sense of your humanity, your temporariness, your out-of-controlness, and your right-nowness. There's just something about it. And that's what this song is about. That's why he wrote it. And um, he had one more experience. There's, there's just a few. This is going to be a short sermon, I think. Knock on. Let me find some wood to knock on. Uh, I say that every time, and it's not. But I think this one actually might be. Um, he had a few experiences. There's some, some lyrics that I want to go through. Like two or three, two or three of the lyrics of this song, and then I'm going to close it up. Like that's it. Um, but he had a few experiences. Those those two experiences, and I'm talking he, Marcus Mumford, the lead singer, had a few experiences. One of the experiences I want to share with you that I heard him talk about. It's really um, it really changed my view of the song. Oh, really quickly, I want to talk to you about, this might not be short. <laughs> I forgot something. Uh, I want to show you a couple pictures of deltas. The title of the song is Delta. Uh, the first picture is of a delta. This is the Lena Delta in Russia. Um, what a delta is, is where the river, where a river runs into the sea or, or an ocean. Um, and so it kind of spreads out and finds different ways into the sea. And so what happens is, it finds a path and it kind of cuts a path or spreads out. And in doing that, what happens is the water, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really know geography that well, but in my research this week, I was finding out that it kind of deposits what it's, what it's running through it. Like it deposits that onto the ground and creates land as it's running into the sea. And that land becomes super fertile and creates a space for other things to live around it. So what happens is it kind of fans out and creates more land as it runs into the sea. Okay, so here's another delta. Uh, This is the Nile River Delta. So you kind of see the Nile kind of coming up here, and this is the Nile River Delta going through Egypt here into uh, the sea here. And then the next one here is the Mississippi Delta in Louisiana. Kind of see how it kind of fans out there. So... Um, that's just a few deltas. Another kind of delta is the Greek capital letter delta, which I don't know if you math people have seen this. You might recognize it. Is a symbol for change um, or transition or the difference in two things. So delta stands for in math or you know geometry or that kind of thing. Geometry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're proud. <laughs> you could be proud. Uh, stands for kind of like the difference in something. And so this song to them, this title, kind of stands for both things. The place where you kind of meet and transition to another place or a place of change or difference. Does that make sense? So that's why they titled the song Delta and and the album Delta. It's the title track of their album Delta. Okay, now here are some lyrics. That only took three minutes, right? Um, Okay, so now here are some lyrics that I want to go through. Um, He had this experience 
Marcus Mumford, I'm going to try not to use pronouns, uh, Marcus Mumford had an experience outside Mosul when he was um, on like a relief trip with a group, um, with a family that was living in an area that they had been living in an area under ISIS control for five, year, uh, for five years, and they escaped by climbing over the roofs of their houses to the river and leaving that area and going to a refugee camp. In that refugee camp, he met with a family, the father of a family, on the floor of a tent and spoke with him for hours and just cried and just wept. And as they were speaking, you know, they were eating, drinking, his children came and went, and that's what that first verse is about. He just felt like he needed to write a song about that moment to kind of mark the moment. Um, he said, he described that moment as fertile ground where his life was changing. And the story of that, that encounter was able to change his life. And the writing of the song was able to change someone else's life in the same way that a Delta kind of creates a, a space that enables, it's a fertile place that enables other things to live off of it as well, right? And so he quoted this, uh, he said this in that interview. He said, as a culture, we don't listen enough to each other. And so on this record, we wanted to reflect the fact that we've been listening a lot more. When you listen to other stories, you bring dignity to their humanity. And I think we've just all got to listen more. And I think that's true. I think that's totally true. I think it's really important. I think that listening to one another and being present with one another is something that's extremely important. I think it's something that gets lost in, the, in that control that we try to hold so tightly. I think it's something that Jesus understood when he, like Robbie has said this before, um, when he talked about that three mile per hour God, what speed does God move at? It's three miles an hour, it's that walking pace where God walks alongside of us and listens to our stories and stops and takes time to speak with the children, takes time to speak with women and people who don't get listened to. Um, and I think it's something that Jesus understood. I think it's something that we could understand more, right? Right? Okay, great. Um, the next lyric that stuck out to me was, what am I if I have not love? I'm a waste. My words are empty vessels if I do nothing in this place. And we can scream into the shadows, and it's good that we can, but walk with me, I think we'll find a way. I'll meet you at the delta, where the rivers run into the sea, and I'll meet you at the delta. What's behind, I can clearly see, but that beyond, that's beyond me. I love, love that line. I don't know if it's because... I don't know, I'll get to that part. The beginning of this, the beginning of this line says, What am I if I have not love? I'm a waste. This is 1 Corinthians 13. 
I have a slide with this, this scripture on it. It says, if I speak in the tongues of humans and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but, if do, if, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I have all this power... And I wield it to explain all these mysteries and all of these things that are happening. And I can explain it all away, but I can't show love to someone. I could explain love to someone, that means. But I can't show love to someone. Then I'm nothing. That's a big statement. James also says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Surely that faith cannot save, can it? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So by faith itself, it ha- if it has no works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from works, and I by my works will show you faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. James isn't just talking about faith here, right? I mean, let me explain something to you here about this particular verse, um, verse 19. James here, and Robbie, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. James in this passage is understood to be the brother of Jesus, right? Yeah. So James is growing up in Jesus's house. Like, growing up with Jesus, like his brother. So James hears Jesus saying things like, even sinners do good to those who do good to them, right? So James says things like, even the demons believe that God is one. Those things are echoing through his brain. Like, that messaging is is going through his mind. So when James says, you believe that God is one, he's talking about the Shema, this prayer that's being prayed. Like, the Shema prayer is, um, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. And that's a foundational Hebrew prayer. But to believe that prayer and to walk that prayer are two different things. To believe that prayer, I mean, you can say, you could say, sure, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. But to work that prayer out in your everyday life, 
to share the things that you have in a society that is persecuting you. In James's day, this, these things were happening around him where the church was being, um, basically the church was, I believe what was happening was the church was um, being persecuted and things were happening in the area where he was. He was kind of encouraging the church because what was happening was there was persecution happening around him. And he was saying, even the demons believe and shudder. So what we need to do is we need to build our faith and walk it out in the face of these things happening. Right? It's hard to do. It's not easy. I quoted this last time I preached, so this is, this is kind of like a rerun a little bit, but it's so appropriate to what this is saying, too, like what this song is saying. And it talks about water, and it talks about love, and it's just... It's so good for this message as well, so just, just allow me to say it again. Just take it in with this message as well. Um, Richard Rohr says, Love allows and accommodates everything in the human experience, both the good and the bad. And nothing else can really do this. Nothing. Love flows unstoppably downward around every obstacle like water. Love and water seek not the higher place, but always the lower. That's why forgiveness is often the most powerful display of love in action. Unforgiveness lives in a repetitive past, which it cannot let go of. But forgiveness is a largeness of soul, without which there is no future or creative action. Only repetition of old storylines, remembered hurts, and ever-increasing claims of victimhood for all concerned. An eagerness and readiness to love is the ultimate freedom and future. People formed by such love are indestructible. So what? Right? When it feels like nothing else matters... Will you put your arms around me? And when it's all just dust to dust, does my love prefer the other? Or does my love just make me feel good? This moment right now, this church, right here, right now, this is the Delta. This is the place where we talk about the ultimate display of that kind of love. Jesus has shown us that type of forgiveness, the forgiveness and the love of our enemies, right? The only kind of pure forgiveness and love of our enemy that we've ever really seen completely is Jesus, the ultimate act of that kind of love is Jesus. And this is the place of change where we lay down what we've been carrying 
what we've been carrying around, we, we deposit it. We lay it down, and by some mystical power that we don't understand, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, that simple testimony becomes the sustaining soil of fertile ground where faith and hope can take root and flourish. And we're led here by the very spirit of the living God. And we have clear instructions for right here and right now. Be kind to one another. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourselves. Be here now. Serve one another. Behold what we are and become what we receive. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.